Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't look back in anger. Let's step into the ring. Welcome to In This Ring, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. And now, Joe Pizzapia. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to In This Ring, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. It is you, and it's me, and we're talking all things wrestling here on the In This League podcast network. Don't forget to go to InThisLeague.com and check out the Patreon page and join the ITL army. Of course, you can always subscribe to the podcast here of In This Ring, wherever you get your pods, and we appreciate you liking it, leaving a nice review, and sharing the podcast. If you're a wrestling fan, like I am, like you are, because you're listening to it, share the pod. I know a lot of you do, and I appreciate it, and I just want to say thank you to all of those who do. And, of course, you can follow us on the Twitter machine at JoePizzaPia17, and, of course, on the Facebook page and Twitter at In This Ring. Oh, my goodness, so much to talk about. Drama, 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 whether it's in the ring, outside the ring, so many things happening in the world of professional wrestling right now. And it's funny, I thought I'd come in today and talk about Clash of the Castle. That's what I thought. It would be like, oh, a lot of Clash of the Castle. Maybe talk a little AEW today, a little bit of a raw recap. But uh, AEW, AEW seems to uh, have the headlines. And um, uh, here we go, folks. Get ready. There's so much to unpack here with AEW, and I don't mean from all out, like that, that is secondary, we'll get to that, but let's get to the real news, which is the press conference after all out, and all out was, you know, had some moments, like every AEW show does, right, got some good fun things, right, big return of MJF, super fun, he was the Joker, that was awesome, very cool, we have a new champion, who's the old champion, really, CM Punk, so after CM Punk wins his title, after the whole Joker thing with MJF, and we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit, CM Punk decides that he is going to unburden himself, unpack his feelings and emotions about what's been going on. And I can't help but realize and think that if we're going to go back a few months ago to the exit of Cody Rhodes from AEW, which seemed like an unthinkable thing two years ago, that he would exit this company that was such a big part of. And a lot of it had to do with, if you recall, and he said this, difference of opinion between him and the other EVPs. And the other EVPs being Kenny Omega and being the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. Now, it seems like he's not the only person that seems to have a problem with those three guys. And they're kind of clowns, let's be honest. Like, you know, it's not that I don't like some of their matches. I thought the Bucks and FTR a couple weeks ago or months ago now was great. You know, I'm a big fan of some of Kenny Omega's work in Japan. But clearly, there are some other issues going on here. And clearly, this is where now the rubber meets the road of, do you want to be an independent indie wrestling promotion that is everybody having fun and living their best life and doing all of that stuff? And, and we're all going to wrestle together. We're going to do whatever we want. We have complete control over everything. It's going to be so great. Or... You want to be a big boy company 
do you want to try to compete with WWE? Because you're not right now. In fact, you're getting blown out of the water in terms of ratings. My goodness, Raw, well over 2 million every single week again. Very nice. Way to go, Triple H. But that's the question you have to ask yourself right now if you're Tony Khan. Do you want a wrestling promotion that is going to stand the test of time? Or do you want to basically supply some of your flunky friends with an area where they can have playdates in a wrestling ring? That's what you've got to decide. And I think Tony Khan showed his hand a little bit. I think he's showing his hand sitting up there in this press conference here with CM Punk, which if you haven't seen it, run to the YouTube to watch. First, he addresses the rumors of him having something to do with Cole Cabana getting let go from AEW, which he basically came with the receipts. Literally. Not, I mean, literally he has an email about, uh, I have receipts and uh, stop sending me money. It's okay from Cole Cabana. So obviously whatever was released into the ether there via the dirt sheets, and that's the dirt sheets job. I mean, they're not there to report real news and be journalists. They're there to report rumors. That's why it's dirt sheets. That's why it's rumor mill stuff. So you can't get mad at them, but clearly CM Punk can. And then you get to more of the stuff about number one, that how he doesn't really give a crap. And that's, you know, obviously them trying to take their moments at Punk and take their shots at him. Then of course the stuff between him and Adam hangman page who, you know, was again, I, I like, page the wrestler i do but sometimes when you wonder like why are certain talents not necessarily as high up in the status of bigger companies you start to you start to peel the layers of the onion away and you start to understand a little bit more and sometimes it's a matter of they're not ready for it at that time like drew mcintyre perfect example right drew mcintyre had everything you could possibly ask for but it just wasn't the right time for him he wasn't the right guy yet he had to go live some more life and go through some more things but you could see and hear the, the, the frustration in Punk's voice when he's talking about, you know, you're not, you're Adam Page and you're not going to listen to other people like Terry Funk, the guys who've been doing this for forever in the business, or you're not going to listen to this guy who's telling you this, or this guy's telling you, like, the fact that you could think that you're not, um, or you're above getting better, no matter how good you are, you could tell there was a lot of stuff here, a lot of pent up feelings as they were and it's starting to feel like there's a divide which is the divide is going to be the real hardcore and i want to emphasize the word professional wrestlers the danielsons the punks the moxley's the cesaro's or claudio castagnoli's here there's going to be that whole group and then there's this other group the holdovers from the og aw the, the birth AEW. And if you're Tony Khan, you have to ask yourself this question. Which way do I want to go? And the fan base, it's so funny because the fan base of AEW is a very mixed one. It's people who just love wrestling like me, who just want to watch every wrestling. Because I love wrestling. I just want to watch it. And it's okay to love wrestling. And I don't have to crap on everything. But I do a show about it because I like to talk about it. And there's things that I love and there's things I don't love. And that's fine. It's fun to talk about. I'm not here to just crap on everything like some other people do. I think that's terrible too. And if you like things that I crap on, that's fine. That's what it's all about. But I want to bring it back for a moment. If you are looking at the AEW fan base, it's a mixture of the people who just hate WWE. Who's there that's there because they hate WWE or they feel wrong by WWE because they didn't push the guys they wanted. Now they're out. It's the super indie fans who, you know, don't want anything to do with a big company. 
It's also the people like me who just love wrestling. It's also the people who were big WWE fans, but then they got sour on WWE, so they went to AEW. But now, just like that meme of the guy who's walking with his girlfriend who turns around because there's a hotter girl, that's the Triple H WWE, and they're looking backwards. And guess what? Some of the talent in AEW is looking backwards, too. Malachi Black is looking backwards. If you want to talk about, again, this is another big story here, talking about it all. There's so much to talk about. That's why I'm doing the show early this week. Think about this. Malachi Black's wife works in WWE. He is on a schedule that it takes him far away from her. Do you think that's good for their marriage? Maybe. I don't know. I am divorced, so what the hell do I know? But still, do you think that Andrade and Charlotte Flair aren't going to want to work at the same company and be at the same place? It's a lot easier on their lifestyle and marriage, don't you think? I think it's only a matter of time. The mental issues of Malachi Black, a.k.a. Aleister Black, I'm sure come from the stress of being away and having to make a decision you didn't want to make, which was, well, I need to make money. This company doesn't want me, so I'm going to go here. But now my my buddy's running this other company who really believed in me and made me a star in the first place. I want to go back and work with that guy. I think he is done. Some people don't think he is. I think he is. But that's the problem. The AEW fan base is so mixed, which is why you get mixed crowd reactions. If you look at the reaction of the Keith Lee swerve versus the acclaimed match that's why you're getting the mixed reactions because the fan base is there is no unison there which is not a bad thing it's just different it makes booking very hard especially when you're not a booker and tony khan is not he's a guy that has uh, a passion for wrestling a love for wrestling a care for wrestling but at the same time he's also somebody who doesn't have a history of running a wrestling promotion understanding really what it takes to handle all of these personalities. And that's the thing. This is not just get your action figures and play wrestling guys in real life. I think that's what Tony Khan thought this was going to be, but it's not because these guys have real personalities. I also understand why people don't like CM Punk. And this is one of it's ironic. If you go back and listen to old shows, one of my things I used to always harp on was look, CM Punk is great, but there's a reason why CM Punk was never the guy, even though he was champ, he was always like, sometimes he wasn't the main event. You know, even though he was champ a lot of times. It's because CM Punk is a bit of a self-righteous diva who wants it a certain way. And and honestly, it's hard for other people to live up to his expectations that he sets for the rest of the world, which are ridiculous and unrealistic. But in this instance, I kind of think he's right. I think he's actually right. If they are going to make money, if they're going to put asses in the seats, if they're going to have a future... It's going to be off the back of guys like CM Punk and guys like MJF if they can retain them. And guys who just, you know, really see the business, I think, in a different way than the other dudes do. And it's something to really think about. And it's something that Tony Khan's going to have to have some hard truths about. And the irony is that when you have the pillars of AEW, right? I told you Jungle Boy is not a pillar. He's a big poof of hair. Darby Allen is not somebody you can build a promotion around because of his size. I'm sorry, because of his style. I told you when they put the belt on him the first time for the North American Championship, uh, well, not with North American, the TNT title, rather, excuse me, that like, this is a terrible idea. You can't put a belt on this guy because he could be out for six months at the you know, snap of a finger. So it becomes a very difficult thing. MJF is a pillar. MJF is a pillar. They have other guys in here, some of which are now with this little group of MJF, that I think 
you can build on. But when you don't build your new stars, you become super reliant on the the older talent that you brought in. And the older talent has an expiration date. Just like Hogan, just like Macho Man, just like Luger, just like all the guys in WCW in that second wind when Nitro started. And it was great for a while. But if you don't let the Chris Jerichos and Chris Benoit's and Eddie Guerrero's take over at some point, they end up leaving. And what happens is when you lose Malachi Black, when you lose Andrade, you lose that opportunity. And Keith Lee and Swerve are not far around the corner. I don't know how long their deals are, but once again, contracts are nonsense <laughs> in this business. I mean, if somebody wants out and Tony Khan wants to, you know, not be paying somebody who doesn't want to be there, everybody finds a way to make it work. Trust me. So in this instance, I think he's right. Now, apparently, it got into a little kerfuffle, a little little scuffle afterwards where then maybe a chair was thrown and a punch was thrown. We saw Eddie Kingston a couple weeks ago throwing punches at Sammy Guevara. All kinds of wacky things going on in AEW. And as much as this is bad for business, it's good for business because we're sitting here talking about it and we're going, oh my God, it's chaos. What's going to happen? The problem is long-term, it's not good for business. Short-term, it's good drama. It's good ratings. But people get tired of it. And then the people working in the environment get tired of it. And it becomes a toxic environment, just like WCW was, just like ECW was by the end. It becomes a toxic environment. And then eventually it falls apart. I'm not saying they're anywhere close to that. I'm just saying there's a power struggle here. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if this time next year, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are back in Japan. I'm telling you right now, it's a distinct possibility. They might have been the forefathers of AEW, but if you're wondering why Cody Rhodes isn't there anymore, this is why. Because Cody Rhodes understands the business of professional wrestling. Cody Rhodes is the business of professional wrestling. Cody Rhodes is, is from a lineage that is one of the most important lineages of professional wrestling. And Cody Rhodes smelled a problem. And Cody Rhodes said, you know what? I see where this is going. I don't want to be a part of this. This is not why I got into this in the first place. And now he is somewhere else. And now he's where he's supposed to be finally. And just like I said earlier, sometimes guys aren't in the right place at the right time. Cody is now. So stay tuned. It's going to be fun. Let's Since we're in it already, we might as well recap it. Let's uh, talk about what happened. Sammy Guevara and Tay Conte or Tay Mello, now whatever the hell she is, retain their uh, AAA World Mixed Tag Team Championships over Ortiz and Ruby Soho. And of course, uh, Ruby Soho got her nose busted in this match. So once again, everybody's got to have a belt, right? I mean, you got, we have AAA World Mixed Tag Team Championships. Shoot me in the face, okay? Ugh. Hook retained his FTW Championship because again, everybody has to have a championship over Angela Parker. Pfft, who cares? Uh, Pack retained his AEW All-Atlantic Championship over Kip Sabian. So we built this Kip Sabian thing up to do nothing with it. It was a fun buildup. And then nothing. Eddie Kingston uh, defeated Ishii by pinfall. Who cares? Okay, that was all the pre-show stuff. Main card results. The casino ladder match. We had the big reveal. Stokely Hathaway is the guy that climbs up who I love. Stokely. He does great work. He is a phenomenal manager. Phenomenal personality. Uh, I hope they continue to utilize him and he and MJF go back a long way on the indie scene. So if you know anything about the indie scene wrestling, you knew that once Stokely showed up, MJF and him were going to end up finding a way to work together. And that is just a lot of mouth <laughs> to deal with. And I love that it's Morrissey who showed up there, right? W Morrissey there, AKA big Cass. I love that they've brought him in. I love that Ethan Page is in this group. This is a group of guys you can do business with. Th Morrissey, Ethan Page, MJF. These are guys I want to watch. Okay? Of course, the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks defeated the Dark Order 
uh, Paige and Reynolds and John Silver to win the Trios Championship because everybody has to have a championship. Jade Cargill retained the AEW uh, TBS Championship by defeating Athena by pinfall. So congratulations. Welcome, Ember Moon, to AEW. You're going to job out to uh, Jade Cargill, who, you know, probably can't wrestle her way out of a paper bag still. She's getting better, but still not great. Trios match. Wardlow and FTR defeats Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. That, of course, she needed to happen. Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Ricky Starks by pinfall in a squash match, which I don't understand why. I mean, Ricky Starks is the guy that has a future. Powerhouse Hobbs does not. He is not charismatic. He is not interesting. He is a big, strong guy. He's an okay wrestler. I don't get this. I don't get it. Swerve, in all of our glory, uh, retained the AW championships for the tag teams, defeating the Acclaimed with mixed results. And I love the Acclaimed. Everybody loves the Acclaimed. You want to put the belts on the Acclaimed? Fine. This is good, though, but there seems to be a little heat there. That's a good thing. This is good for that feud. They should keep this going. Finally, you have uh, Tony Storm defeating Britt Baker, uh, Sheeta, and Jamie Hayter. You have a little stuff with Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker going on here. Tony Storm, I told you, was going to be the champion. That's the way they should have gone. They could have gone Hayter instead. Maybe you've spurned off Hayter and Britt Baker, which is good for business. Tony Storm, there's a lot of rumor that maybe, just maybe... Uh, our real women's champion is not hurt and Thunder Rosa isn't really hurt or as hurt or I don't know what the hell's going on. But once again, Tony Khan needs to clean house. Tony Khan needs to be like a dad here and be like, enough is enough. This is how it's going to be. I'm the dad. And you have to, this is why, you know, people hate Vince McMahon and many have good reason to <laughs> many, many, many should and deserve to. And he has earned that hatred as a businessman though. It was very clear where the buck stopped. And it was very clear where you didn't cross lines. And that was why Vince McMahon had such an incredible run in this business, because he drew that line very clearly. Christian Cage, again, in a short match, defeating Jungle Boy. Apparently, this was because of Christian Cage injury. So that's unfortunate, but fortunate in the sense that I don't have to watch Jungle Boy do his stupid thing. Uh, Chris Jericho defeats Brian Danielson by pinfall. Why? I don't know. <sighs> Brian Danielson is wasting away in AEW. He came in in the first two months. Brian Danielson was red hot. He was a great heel. Now we put him in this group. Maybe that's because he can't work as much as he wants to. I don't know. All I know is he is wasting away his final years. Again, because he wanted to go have fun and he thought Vince McMahon wasn't going to let him have fun. I wonder if he feels differently now. Trio's match with Miro, Darby Allen, and Sting defeating the House of Black. And then we have, of course, poor Buddy Murphy, <laughs> who's come over there now. You know, it's like he comes over here, tries to be part of this thing. It looks like it's going to be hot and then it's not. And you're eating pins, you know, from Miro and Darby Allen and Sting. And I don't know. I mean, there you have Malachi Black actually taking the fall. And it just feels like Malachi's done, you know. And I know from insider personal people who have told me in the business who have worked with him. Uh, because I'm cool like that. And I talk to these guys because I know a lot of them personally now from weird, weird life things that have happened to me. Um, for the best. I love these guys. But one in particular told me he's a super sensitive guy. And I remember this years ago telling me, he's like, yeah, he's great, but he's super sensitive. And he's got a lot, he's as cerebral and, and smart as he is, he is very emotional and very sensitive. And that's one of the things they always worried about him. And guess what? He is. Finally, CM Punk and John Moxley in the pinfall. Now, you had the Joker thing, which you didn't know who it was, but of course you knew who it was. It was obviously MJF. As soon as you saw the guy walk to the ring and get in the ring, it was pretty clear from the body type who it was. So it wasn't a huge shock. They could have done a little bit better job of that. But the reveal of, C of, of MJF was so great. The devil stuff, playing sympathy for the devil by the stones, 
playing that clip of CM Punk saying, you know, the greatest trick the devil, devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And then you have MJF putting the scarf on. It was fabulous. And the crowd popped. Of course they did because they miss MJF because he's great. And they can go back to booing him if they want. But it feels like MJF is going to get a run here with CM Punk. And maybe, just maybe, this is the babyface heel <laughs> run where you have it all work out. So uh, this was a lot to take in, and I have a lot of AEW stuff. So let's talk about WWE. I didn't get my moment. I wanted the moment for Drew McIntyre. I didn't get it. Um, it felt like such a buildup, too. You had all the press for Drew. They milked that all. You know, I always say if there's a 5 or 10% chance that you think Roman's going to drop the belt, it's going to be a fun match. This was 50 so this was really special, and it was epic. They did a great job. The false finishes were great. The Austin Theory run-in, who, by the way, got his name back. Tommaso Ciampa got his name back. Matt Riddle got his first name back. It's a beautiful time to be alive. We're going to have first names again. I got my name back. People can call me Joe Pizapia now. It's great. But this was so fantastic, and all these little wrinkles and things going on, and the build-up, and the broken dreams, and the entrance, and the old song, and the whole thing. The crowd was electric. The 62,000 people in, in Wales for Clash of the Castle. Give me that crowd every pay-per-view. My God, they should do this every year because that crowd was so much fun. And you could tell that the wrestlers, the performers are feeding off that crowd. This was an epic match. It was great. Not because all the wrestling was perfect, but because of the storytelling. It was very, very good. And of course, you had eventually the weird referee switch where, well, the referee came down with Austin Theory, so you had another referee he starts to count finally. Drew gets his moment, but then he gets pulled out by Solo Sokoa, the other Uso, who has been ready for some time. And all the NXT 2.0 guys have talked about Solo Sokoa being a guy who was ready. He reminds me of a very young version of his dad. Um, you know, physically, he looks, he's a little bit more, I would say, powerful feeling. Um, but that dude can go. He was so good in that ladder match a few months ago. My God, was he good. But he's an impressive dude. So you made that guy a star. You've added the bloodline. You've made him even stronger. And now we know you're taking the bloodline to WrestleMania next year. You're taking it to Cody. And by then it is going to be unbelievable. This is the longest run of a champion in modern day wrestling history. History. I mean, you have to go back to the eighties Hogan days to get anything near this. It's unbelievable. And it's great. And I sat here on the show last week and I said, you know, can they do this? You know, am I going to be mad if they keep the belt on Roman? No, I'm not. And that's why they did it. Because they know deep down, all of us feel like as much as we wanted Drew to win, we're not going to be mad if they keep it on Roman because the Roman thing is good television. It's special. There will be fatigue. I think not having him on TV every week is a way to avoid the fatigue a little bit. So that's kind of clever. But I wanted Drew to have his moment. And now I'm starting to wonder when he's going to. I love that they stayed on air after two and you got the whole Tyson Fury stuff. That's usually the stuff when you're in the arena, they cut away and you don't see. But I love this. This was super fun. You know, singing a little Oasis, a little Don't Look Back in Anger, singing a little Bye Bye Miss America Pie. Oh, I, really? That, that's a song that you sing in England? Okay. The English do love their chants and their songs. Which brings us to the first match, too, when they were singing Hey Bailey, I want to know if you want to be my girl. Once again, they love who they love. They don't care. She worked so great off of this, by the way. Can I just tell you how great Bailey was in this? Uh, Bianca ate the pin, which is good. Let's let's get Bailey back her status. That was smart booking. She hasn't taken a solo pin in a long time. Finally, she did. That's good. Damage control defeats Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss. And you know what? 
they gave him a good long time too. This was a good 25 minute match. They didn't rush it. And the ladies did a nice job here. This was, I would say like a B plus a minus kind of match. Here. This was good. Uh, then we get to the intercontinental championship Gunther retaining versus Sheamus. You know, I said here, this was going to be the match where he was going to be bloody and need an ice bath after it was not Walter versus Ilya Dragunov one. It was not Walter versus Ilya Dragunov two, but it was damn close. This was probably the best thing I've ever seen Sheamus do. And I'm not a big Sheamus guy. I love Sheamus in the bar because I think the sum of Sheamus and Cesaro together are greater than their parts sometimes. So the bar was perfect. I loved the bar. They were my favorite tag teams ever in WWE and wrestling. But this match was just what, it, you know, no, they showed you here. Nobody has to go off a rope. Nobody has to do anything. Just beat the piss out of each other for 25 minutes. It was amazing. It's an A. It's just, it was great. And, and I can't wait for more Gunther matches. And it was great to see Imperium reunite too. You get Fabian Eichner back, but he's not Fabian Eichner anymore. He's uh Vinci now. So fine. Okay. Just give me Imperium back. This is a great thing. Uh, Liv Morgan and Shayna Baszler had the unfortunate situation to have to follow this match, which was not an easy thing to do. Um, but it was good. It was fine. Um, Liv Morgan uh, ends up retaining over Shayna Baszler. This was like a B match. It was fine. It was good. Uh, I'd love to see Shayna who they, people are saying that she actually had an injury after this match. So more to come on that. But I still want to see Shayna and Ronda Rousey. That, to me, is the match to do. Uh, then you had Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Judgment Day. And then you had the turn where you now have, uh, of course, Dominic Mysterio turns. He helps them out win the match. And then they're taking all the, the praise for winning the match, raising their hands. And Dominic's just on the outside watching, looking in, and then eventually hits Edge in the balls. And then clotheslines his dad. He's still got no passion. He's still got no heart. He's still got no presence. He's still got nothing. I don't care if he's now Dominic, you know, Mysterio emo, which he is now because he's wearing, you know, when you go full emo, they give you a black vest. That's what happens. And you look like the uh, Mater D at uh, Olive Garden, I'm pretty sure. But uh, Dominic Mysterio emo, as I'm going to call him now. Look, the match was fine. It was a B match. Turn was inevitable. I kind of like that Rhea Ripley's running Judgment Day now, it feels like. That's a good choice. I like a male faction run by a woman. This is good and different. Then we have, of course, the last two matches, Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle, which was tremendous. I love this match. Um, you know, I think they've got a better one in them, believe it or not, but this was very good. It also ramped up very well as it went on. It got better as it went on. And of course, the last epic match. Look, this is a this was a, an event, too, that didn't stay at the dance too long. It was three hours and change. It was a lot more wrestling than a lot more nonsense which sometimes on some of the live events you get on the cock a little bit too much nonsense, but overall was so great about it. The crowd was just incredible. The high point matches, the Gunter match, the Rollins match. And I would say the, the women who opened and then the, the last match too, you know, look really the only match that was kind of down a little bit was, you know, the edge Ray Mysterio match. And then the, the Shayna match with Liv. And that wasn't because they were bad. They were good. They were fine. But it was just, it was hard to live up to some of the other things going on. And then the last moments there too with Drew, the crowd was so with him. I just feel bad for Drew McIntyre because I feel like that's a guy that's earned it. So now the question is, okay, if it wasn't here, then when? And if it isn't now, then will it be ever? Because it felt like this was something you could have done. You could have put the belt on Drew for a few months and then taken it off of him and Roman gets it back and we have a whole thing there. And that, 
now I also wonder what we're going to do with Roman Reigns for the next, I don't know, four, eight months, right? Got to get all the way to New Year and then all the way to April. You got eight months to figure out Roman Reigns. There's a lot to figure out. In the meantime, on Raw last night, you had a return. Braun Strowman out of nowhere comes and disrupts a very entertaining four-way tag team match. Great to see Angel Garza getting some TV time again. But you get Braun Strowman coming in and just crushing everybody. He looks like a million bucks. He's in phenomenal shape. Uh, certainly there's a lot you can do with him looking the way he looks right now. Being another one of these guys. You know, Triple H has to be careful now. You don't want to end up like Tony Khan where you just you get these guys back and you get a pop and then you don't work with them. You know, we didn't see Johnny Gargano. I like where the Dexter Loomis stuff is going. That's fun. I like where all the Bailey stuff is going with her group. It is fun. Raw has become a three-hour show I look forward to again. And I never thought I would live long enough to say those words. But it is. It is fun. And it's still a long show. But I'm enjoying it. I want to know what's going to happen next. Nobody knew Braun was going to come back. That was great. Like, we knew he was coming back. But you know that was going to be how he came back. That was shocking and fun. And now you have somebody else you can put in the main event scene. Maybe that's the guy who's going to be next for Roman Reigns. Okay. He said, I'll see you on SmackDown. That's fine. It's going to take a village to defeat him. But luckily you have a village. And you have a whole tribe to defeat him because of the bloodline. And can we please get the Sami Zayn shirt with the bloodline, please? Can we get his face in there? Let's make a new one with Sola Sokoa and Sami Zayn just smiling in the corner, please. Just popping his head in like a Photoshop. That's all I want for Christmas. That's it. But, um, man, crazy stuff. I want to talk about this with you also. If you listen to the show, I want your thoughts about what do you think about the AEW drama, what you thought about the pay-per-views, what you thought about the premium live events, all of the above. Again, you can follow me at JoePizzaPia17. You can uh, follow the show at In This Ring on Twitter and on Facebook. And, of course, you can subscribe to In This Ring wherever you get your pods. Leave a five-star review like it, share it, please. This is my passion project. I love pro wrestling. You love pro wrestling. It's a half hour where we all get together and talk about pro wrestling. And I love it. And that's it. And that's the bottom line. Because Joe P said so. Can we sing Wonderwall next? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.